Did you ever see Simon and Garfunkel perform live together a few years ago? No, but I heard they hated each other. It sounds like pure joy. The best thing about it was they didn't look at each other, but there was like, you know, it was a big in a big stadium and they had two video screens and they were so far apart on the stage, yeah. but in the video screens they kind of cut them like they were sort of looking at each other. It's like, I'm in the room. I can tell you hate each other. Oh, I love it. I can it. tell you're doing it for the money. I love it. On. Hi, Miff. Hi, Zan. How are you? I'm good, I think. Did I you take know. a lunch break today? No, you no a, lunch looking, break. You're looking zippity-doo-dah again. Am I? Am I? I've put on the face. <laughs> Dr. Showbiz has kicked in. <laughs> That's what you call it when you're on stage, you know, like whenever you do stage stuff, because we had to do the um, the Spicks and Specs live tour, which went all around the country, and I... I mean, there were some nights when we might have partied a little bit hard mm-hmm. the night before and you had to get back on stage and do it all again. And it was either Alan Bro or Adam told me about the term that you get when you get on stage, that little shot of adrenaline you need. It's mm. called Dr. Showbiz. <laughs> It's like, don't worry, Dr. Showbiz will kick in. You'll be right. I'm glad that Dr. Showbiz have kicked in once again. When you said put on the face, (laughs) I was thinking of um, when, you know, that I think it's a British term when people say put the slap on, which is like makeup. Yeah, Yeah, put your slap on. I love that. Not that I'm seedy. I'm not. I'm just, you know, just a bit tired. Oh, you look bright and spunky to me. Thanks. Maybe you've got a spring in your step because we have some Beyonce news. Does that make you want to cry whenever you hear the Lion King, Circle of Life? Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know that I saw the Lion King, the Broadway musical, the first time I saw it was at the West End in London. I was there by myself. It was a 2pm matinee show, so I was surrounded by kids. I was on the aisle, and I'm not going to spoil it, but for anybody who knows how the actual show starts, it is a the most incredible start to a live, like a musical version of a Disney film ever. It's it's very emotional. It's two oh. o'clock in the afternoon. I'm sitting by myself. I'm surrounded by jet little lagged. rugrats. I wasn't too jet lagged, but it's my favorite musical of all time. And it starts and things start happening in the aisles. Again, no spoiler alerts, but you know what I'm talking about if you've seen The Lion King. And I'm just sitting there. <laughs> and then also singing Circle of Life through the tears. And the little kids are looking very scared of this sad old lady next to them is just crying. I love but, it. Which me, brings me to my point that I'm very excited. We heard rumours that Beyonce is going to be cast as Nala in the Lion King live action remake that's going to be happening from Disney, part of this whole thing they're doing. They did Beauty and the Beast, they did Cinderella. And they've announced the rest of the cast. We already heard Donald Glover is going to be Simba. Uh, but some amazing people involved, including um, John Oliver as Zazu, which is incredible. Be so good. Billy Eichner as Timon. Seth Rogen as Pumbaa. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key as the hyena. You just oh. Your face is so blank right now. You could not give a shit about the Lion King live not action Not here for your Lion this King love. This is my news so of the sorry. day. I'm so sorry. I just, it's, it's, I know, and I can see your passion and enthusiasm, but I'm just. <laughs> sorry, you were saying? I just missed the boat on this one. It's This is my dirty dancing for you. <laughs> okay, that's a fair point. I've never seen the whole thing. I've seen, obviously, bits of it and I've never gone to the musical. I'm just not here for Disney. I never have been, even as a kid. Even as a kid, I found I found I was always suspicious of Disney stuff. That is a big statement. There's a lot yeah. of Disney in the world, and you're not here for it. Not here for it. Maybe not the live-action remake will be the turning point I, for you. Will I, you go well, along and see it? I mean, Beyonce's in it. 
fiance's in. Of course I'll it's see it. It's law. Think, you have to see it. <laughs> it's part of it's it's part of, you know, it's it's already been written in history that I will go. But yeah, I just I've always struggled with Disney. It just makes my skin crawl to a certain extent and I'm not sure. <laughs> All right, we're going to the Lion King together. We're going to see <laughs> we? it. We're going to see it with the Dobby sound. Am I going to change? I know every, everyone's going to turn on me for this. I know. But let's do I'm gold just, class and get a bottle of wine, think, and then you'll like it. Yeah, exactly. I think it was all that princess stuff they tried to feed us in the in the eighties and the. Oh I yeah, but the remakes are all it. slightly woke. That's the whole thing. I know. Very slightly in some cases. Only because they can know. sell it to you know the newly woke mums. <laughs> the, the next gen. <laughs> I don't feel like. Yeah, I don't feel like Disney's here for us. That's all. All right. I'm just yeah, we're going to have an actual battle here. <laughs> I can't agree on everything. <laughs> exactly. One thing I think that we can both agree on is that the continuing house of cards that's falling around this post-Weinstein world um, is showing that a lot of people are t- standing up and speaking out against sexual harassment. In the last week alone, there's been even more allegations made against Brett Ratner, mm-hmm. uh, film producer Jeremy Piven, who of course is a big part of Entourage, Kevin Spacey, who weirdly used his response to the allegations as an opportunity to come out as gay, which uh, a lot of people a lot of people saw as deflecting attention away for the alleged abuse of a minor. Yeah, and so there's a lot of allegations going around. Um, Dustin Hoffman as well was one of the people mentioned. It's awful, as we keep on saying, and messed up and. It's obviously not good news, but I am encouraged that people are feeling empowered to speak out. And if you're not decent enough to know that you shouldn't do these things, then I hope now you know that there's going to be ramifications if you do. And that I'm hoping again, like I think you said a few weeks ago when we were talking about this, Miff, that as a woman who's in that situation, particularly a young woman who's vulnerable, who doesn't quite know what's happening and there's that confusion of, is this going on? Oh my God, what do, what do I do now? How do I get out of this? That you see that behaviour in the moment when it's happening and know that and feel empowered to call it yeah. and to and to, to shut it down if if, if, you, if no one else is around you to help you, to, to help shut it down for you. So I'm hoping yeah. that it means a, a change in the way that um, women are treated in, in workplaces all over the world, in yeah. every single industry. Uh, and for for anyone, and this is not my call, but I found it quite interesting. Someone said on Twitter, and I can't remember who, um, you know, if people are saying that this is now a witch hunt or turning into a witch hunt, let's just remind everybody that witch hunts were actually real and they ended up with women being burnt at the stake. So, Poor you know, use of words. Yeah, yeah, don't even use that term because that is, you know, that was, that was real and, um, yeah, it's just... If, if 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 it's what's required at this point, then highly necessary for things to change, I say. And excuse me, if you've done something wrong, then you're going to get in trouble for it. It's not a witch hunt. Yes. It's justice. It's justice. Hey, did you see that Southwest Airlines who P.S. dress in all khakis, brown khakis, as their flight attendants wear. Disgusting. But they decided a, to... Sorry, is that a fashion thing or is that just... Is it? I wouldn't call it fashion. Mm. It's so You never ugly. know. I mean, this is an airline that claps when they land safely. So, you know, it's like <laughs> if the staff are clapping and are relieved that, they're, that we're all still alive, that's a problem. But they decided to bring music to the skies. Miff, did you see this article? They're going to do pop-up acoustic shows in the aisles of the Southwest Airlines flights. See, I love this. Do I think this is great. I love it. I love it. I think it's wonderful. And, and obviously the flights are coming out of places like, I think, Nashville and music Yeah, so it's all going to be partnering with like Warner Music Nashville. So it'll be a mm. country music bent, which I'm fine with. 
that's fine, that's fine. And look, to be honest, they're not going to do 15 songs and something from their back catalogue. It'll just be a couple of couple of show tunes <laughs> for the GP, the general public. And I think that's great. I really do. Another opportunity for people to, to show their wares and sing a little ditty for some But what people. if you don't like the music? There's nowhere you can go. You can't go to the bar. You literally cannot Pop, yeah, move an inch out of your seat. We got used to the in-flight, you know, directory on how to put your seatbelt on and we still have to put <laughs> up with that. So I say if it means that musicians can get some gigs and play some songs, I'm all here for it regardless of whether or not I hate it. In fact, I'd probably enjoy it more because I'd have more to discuss after the flight if I hated it. I feel like such a bitch being down on this idea because you're like, oh, I think it's great and it's a great chance for young musicians to get a go and I'm like, I could not think of anything worse. <laughs> See, we've got to remember this is our this is our, our work. So like the, the idea of getting on a plane though is where you can shut everything off and you don't have yeah. to work. You can do what you want. So this is probably a bit personal for us. We're going, oh God, I just want to rest. Quiet time or Mariah. Eyes world. They're the only two <laughs> options for me. Can I say though, thanks to you, Zan, I did fly yesterday and I looked up what was happening on the on Keeping Up the Kardashians and it was the same episodes as last month, so I felt like I was quite up to date even though it's a year old. So thank you. Yeah, they're such a weird assortment on flights, aren't they? Mm-hmm. I um I am also torn about Wi-Fi on planes, which I think that Virgin has just started to introduce as well. I mean, this is not an ad for Virgin, by the way. It's more of an acknowledgement that there are some places in the world that we need to have just to shut down music yeah. and Wi-Fi. It does not. I feel like such an old crazy. <laughs> Crank! I'm a crank, aren't I? No, I, I think the whole thing of Wi-Fi on planes, though, is actually everyone feels the same. Unless you've got actual things to attend to business-wise, the whole point of getting on a plane, particularly if you're from Australia and going overseas, is to be not contactable for mm. nearly 24 hours if you want to go on the other side of the world. That's the whole point. People bring you food and drinks. You get pissed. You watch movies. You cry at really dumb movies. And you've got every excuse in the world for not replying to that email that needed to be attended to urgently. And I reckon we're not alone in that, but I'm happy for the musical performances. No, oh, I'm looking forward to seeing you in the front row clapping along at Emerging Musicians. <laughs> Sing it. Oh, Sing it for me. Anthony, love you. Love your new tunes. <laughs> you reckon you've become that middle-aged lady. <laughs> And imagine, because you know you get all teary on the plane after uh, when you're up in, in altitude. You're going to be nominating these songs for Grammys, aren't you? You're like, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. You speak to me so much. How do you know what I'm feeling inside? You know me. Let's talk about milk, Zan. I've been waiting for you to say that for 35 weeks, Mm -hmm. Miff. Let's Let's talk talk about about milk, milk, baby. baby. We went there at the same time. I know, I know. Let's talk about all the milk things and the cheese things that can be. Let's Let's talk talk about about milk. Butter. Oh, butter. Yeah, it's not, well, it's milk, but that leads to butter. There's a butter crisis, Sam. Are you across this? I've seen a couple of things, but I wasn't aware of the complexity of the crisis before you sent... Not one, not two, but seven news links about the butter shortage and all of the ramifications that this is going to have. You're invested. I'm invested. I cannot take full responsibility for all the links in that email. That is my desk buddy in the room, Monique, who's nearby, who sent through a very detailed email outlining all... A dossier? 
Yeah, dossier, you could say, <laughs> outlining all the reasons as to why we are having a current butter crisis in France. And let's just lift a quote from one of the articles that uh, is headlined, The French Fear for Their Pastries Amidst Breading <laughs> Butter Crisis. Um, there's, there's, I, I like this quote. Let's, let's go. I saw empty shelves in the cold section. Oh, my God. There really was no butter, except for a butter you find in plastic containers that no one ever buys. <laughs> I'm hurting for you, France. I'm hurting oh, for you. Oh, the snobbery. Yeah. It's yeah, hard put- to believe that butter could run out, though. How is it happening? Well, it's happening because apparently um, China are buying up a lot of the milk and dairy in Europe because there's an increased interest in, in dairy products and love of cheese, which I totally endorse. Maccas apparently has started using real butter in their food. That's so Who knew? against everything I believe in. <laughs> Who knew? And, it, and that also Didn't their milkshakes in, previously not have don't, milk? Don't. There wouldn't be any milk in there, I'm pretty sure. But that also leads into the fact that people now want full cream stuff rather than skim milk because apparently full cream is now better for you. So all the stuff that – all the skimming off the top for the skim milk that everyone used to drink when mm. we were all low fat, the skimming off was make the butter – but now we're all having the full cream milk, so there's nothing to skim. Who is having full cream milk? Full cream milk is disgusting. I don't understand people who can drink milk. I know that I was uh, sorry, was a baby, am a human, drank mother's milk. I think milk is the most disgusting thing ever. I'm kind of with you. There's no reason why we should drink milk at all. It's just like something we worked out we could, and then all of a sudden it's <laughs> like become all humans. Like I'll give that a crack, and yeah. then I'll dominate it, and then I'll conquer. Yeah, exactly. There's no act. I, I can't seriously see the need for milk, although I love cheese, so that is why we need it. And I love butter as well, because as we all know, toast is an excuse to have butter. I'm not sure if you've noticed that. It's just slabs of butter, like cheese, on my toast. Fruit toast in particular. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Are we going to be affected by the butter shortage in Australia? This is the all-important thing. Well, I don't know yet. It looks like they I thought you had a dossier. I've got it. I'm just checking down the dossier. I thought the bang on was music, art, life and stuff. And And this week the stuff is butter. It is. (laughs) Wouldn't it be great if like all of our bang fam ran out and just did a raid on butter tomorrow Mm. morning when they (laughs) they get up? Do it. (laughs) Butter raid. No, apparently there is a problem in Australia with uh, full cream milk. Dairy farmers are using the dairy fats they can get to make cheese because they can get more money for cheese than butter. So it's better economic sense. Because cheese is better. Yeah, cheese is better and they make more coin from the cheese. Hence, there will be a butter shortage here in Australia if we keep having those ridiculous things that you paleo people are into, like bulletproof coffee. Bulletproof Bulletproof coffee. coffee. Have you heard about this? No, what's bulletproof coffee? Oh, it's so rank. It's just rank. Coffee with butter in it instead of milk. Oh my god! It's a paleo thing, apparently. They're all having it in Silicon Valley, apparently. That doesn't make sense because it's made from the same source material. (laughs) I don't understand. I don't know. It's a paleo thing, and I don't understand. Stockpile your butter, though. That's all I'm saying right now. You want you want you got the word here first. Stockpile that shit. Get it in your fridge and hang on to that for dear life, all right? That's all I'm saying. If you like your butter like I do, this was the most essential piece of news you were here all week. Bang on, creating mass panic in 2017. That's what I like to see. I can care for you, care for you. I care for you, care for you. One of the geniuses of modern music is back with that new song, The Gate. Biak yes. is back. I was going to make a joke and say, who's that? 
<laughs> but I refrained. I still couldn't help myself. But then you made it anyway because you really wanted to share that, didn't you? Too good. Too good not to share. Too good. Too good. She's wonderful. I do love Björk. What an icon. What an amazing innovator as well. And what a legend for releasing her album artwork in the last day. If you never knew what a vagina looked like, you do now because it's on her face. She's basically <laughs> got a massive vulva with pearls. Oh, um, pearls. She's vajazzed She's vajazzed her face, which has become a vagina. And I, I just, I love highly vaginal artwork. Mm. And it seems to be a theme this, this year because I don't know if you saw George Maple, a Sydney singer, lives in London, but she's, yeah. her record Lover is, she's got this kind of red drapey, I guess it's a dress, it looks like a big drape of cloth, mm. but the way that she's sort of holding it, it's flaring out at the bottom and then she's holding it with her fists together sort of in front of her face, which looks oh. like a, a clitoris mm. or clitoris. I don't know where the emphasis is on on, on that one, <laughs> but it lo- it's highly vaginal as well. And I'm celebrating the, the vag being, you know, the album cover of 2017. Yeah. But this Björk album cover is it's beautiful, phenomenal. Beautiful. I mean, it's like a think of an apple cut in half, <laughs> and you get that visual, and that's on her forehead. And you know what? She's. I just realised. I was looking at it, and I didn't think about this first, but the way that she's done her hair, it looks a little bit like pubes. It's like some fairy totally, pubes. It's totally pubes. <laughs> oh, it's magic. Oh, and I'm not going to say what's going on around the neck area. In a good way, like in a healthy bush way, not in a wiry pube way. Well, the bush is back too. The bush is back. The bush is way back. And Björk's on board with it. <laughs> After seeing this, I, I Googled something that I probably shouldn't Google at work. Which at work. Would, which is, oh, God, I would have got the sack years ago if that was actually a problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing about working at Triple J. Uh, it's free reign. But I Googled dicks on album cover art because I was trying oh. to figure out like if there was any artistic renditions. Because I was thinking, you know, in the, in, the, in the name of being fair and balanced and celebrating highly vaginal art, I thought, are there any actual you know, artistic displays of the phallus. Mm. Um, and I just found a bunch of, like, bad metal albums that were just big dicks. <laughs> like, nothing <laughs> nothing that was really artistic. It, correct me if I'm wrong. Tweet us well, if you've got – if there's some beautiful renditions <laughs> of phalluses that are, like, as beautiful as Björk or George Maple's records that are a little bit abstract, although Björk's is not that abstract, let's be honest. Yeah, that's true. Well, let's not forget, in the great tradition of rock and roll, Steely Dan was named as such after a vibrator. I did not know this. Didn't you? No. There you go. I mean, you did Spicks and Specs for many years. You've got all yeah. these fun facts up your sleeve. <laughs> and isn't that a fun fact? Oh, hello. <laughs> Steely Dan. Of course, that is such a vibrator name. Yeah, if you look it up. I wonder if they think about Googles, that whenever they back announce Googles, that on Goal 104 Steely or WSFM. <laughs> I'm keying in Steely Dan vibrator at work right now. With Googles, safe space. I'll also get the sack if I do. Origin of the name Steely Dan, a chrome vibrator. There you go. Does what it says on the packet. (laughs) Miff, what are you banging on about this week? Well, I found myself watching a television series I really wasn't that interested in, but once I started watching, could not stop. I don't know if you've heard about Mindhunter. Oh, I've heard people tweeting about this and raving yeah. about it. What is it? Yeah. Okay, so when I started watching it, it was set in the 70s. It's, it's pretty much as the workforce would have been in the FBI at that time. All men, and I just went, oh, here we go. Here's another crime show about um, 
you know, with no women in it, with women as only as the victims of crime and men solving them. Mm. And I was bored by the idea, totally bored. But I watched it, got through the first step, got through the second step and completely and utterly hooked because it's actually a show about the beginnings of understanding how the psychology behind serial killers works. Oh. That term hadn't even been coined when this show was set. And oh, it's wow. loosely it's loosely based on I think true characters and definitely true serial killers. They didn't even have a name for it, like I said, for serial killers at that point. But these FBI agents somehow decided they wanted to go and talk to the prisoners who had been convicted of these crimes when in previous times all they would do is just lock them up. It was too terrifying. It was too dangerous. We don't, they, they would never speak to them again once they were behind bars. They were the face of pure evil and that was it. So what they do is go and talk to these people to find out the psychological motivations behind it. And in the end, it's a fascinating program about toxic manhood. Oh, wow. It's freaking fascinating. Oh, and How many episodes act- and where can we find it? I think it's 10 episodes. It's on Netflix. And some of the actoring, acting I should say, because I use actoring when it's a joke. It's not a joke. Some of the acting is just magnificent. Um, the two leads, you know, the, the kind of classic old stuff, tough guy and then the bumbling kind of uh, FBI agent who's full of ideas. And, to, you know, it's a little bit like, um, oh, God, what was that series? Turner and Hooch? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's the first duo that I thought of. <laughs> Sorry. No, the other one with the other guys. The two guys. Lethal weapon? <laughs> Pretty much. It's just those two. Chips? <laughs> oh, Chips is good. You should shoot about Don't chips. watch the remake. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, oh, God, what is it? Woody Harrelson and... um. Oh, True Detective. Yeah, yeah. Where they so concentrate- far away from Turner and Hooch, it's not funny. <laughs> oh, they're better examples. I'm going to use those next time I talk about it. I've seen like a number of people that I respect, present mm. company included, talk to me about Mindhunter and that yeah. sounds fascinating. I love it that is, sort of psychological crime stuff. It is. It really is. And I, I was just watching it going, God, because most of these crimes are committed by white men of a certain age and of a, you know, not necessarily a certain class, but I was like, God, this is just says so much about that kind of, not only toxic masculinity, but just where entitlement has actually got men and it's, it's dark and it's deep and yeah, I, I just really enjoyed it. It hasn't been helpful. Entitlement and being in positions of power has not helped a lot of them. Mm. It's fascinating. I'm going to watch. Mm. Get through the first two episodes, they're a bit shit. There's my review. Like all good television, <laughs> you have to work for it. Dan, what are you banging on about? Uh, I'm banging on about the new Thor film. Have you seen it yet? No. Do, have you seen the other ones? No. I have a feeling after our Lion King conversation, you're probably not going to see Thor. <laughs> yeah, no. no, I will. I will. I've heard it's really great, actually. Look, it's fun. And I'm actually a fan of the franchise. The second film was a bit of a dud, but the first one was directed by Kenneth Brenner and it was great. Mm. The third one, which has just come out, Thor Ragnarok, is directed by Taika Waititi, which many people would know because this was a big deal. This is the guy that did What We Do in the Shadows and Boy and uh, Hunt for the Wilder Hunt People. For the Wilder. Yep. And, like brilliant director and also just has that wonderful, strange, quirky, dry New Zealand humour. And watching him apply that to a $180 million Marvel film oh, franchise yes. is so joyful. It is I'm, so joyful. I always feel really pleased when someone like that ends up getting that kind of coin 
to spend to make a movie. Yeah, it's like yeah, good on you. And you well can done. tell you can tell as well that like the it's it's really fun to watch, and there's still all the big explosions and and fun you know battles and all that kind of stuff. But you can see particularly you know Chris Hemsworth. And Mark Ruffalo, you can tell how much fun they're having. There's just these little knowing smirks. And there's also a few key great Australian and New Zealand actors who he's worked with before and an amazing character who I've got to say steals the show. Well, I really wish I had my hammer. Hammer? Quite unique. It was made from this, this special metal from the heart of a dying star. And when I spun it really, really fast, it gave me the ability to fly. So I, I used to spin it really fast and it, it, would, it would pull me off the... Oh, my God. Hammer pulled you off? The ground. It would pull me off the ground up into the air and I would fly. You rode a hammer? No, I, I didn't ride the hammer. The hammer rode you on your back? No, no, no. Every time I threw it, it would always come back to me. Sounds like you had a pretty special and intimate relationship with this hammer and that losing it was almost comparable <laughs> to losing a loved one. It's a nice way of putting it. It's good. It's good. He's so good. He's a little uh, rebel. Uh, what's he called, Bang Boy? Who? What's his name? Oh, James Googles. <laughs> Korg. Korg. Okay. Korg. He's just the best character in the film, I think. Great, great. And I think that Taika Waititi actually voices him. He basically gets the best character in the film and uh, it's it's fantastic. So it's a lot of fun. I love Taika's work. He's such a playful director and it's great to see um, this guy getting the control of his franchise, and I hope that he gets more. It was yeah, really fun. Give it a go, Miff. I will. I promise you. Do I yourself will. a favour. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Mole. Hey, very, very excitingly, before we leave each other today, it is just over a week until we do Bang On Live, Giant Dwarf Theatre in Sydney, Sunday, November twelve. That's next weekend at six pm is when it kicks off. Just letting you know, there's a few more tickets left. Like so few, though, that we can't even bring more than two guests. So get in. No, and get we those literally last have tickets. a guest list of two people. <laughs> and I believe, weren't you asked today if you could give up one of your tickets for the MT of the ABC? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So really, no, seriously, no, uh, yeah, slip pickings if you want to come along <laughs> and hang out. Sure, you'll sit up the back, but you know that's fine. No, no plus no, it's not seated. It's not. <laughs> It's not seated. Like you can sit wherever you like. That was a joke. Oh, there are there are seats, but it's not. Allocated but it's not seating. like allocated yeah. seating. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be. Fun. Who listens to that anyway? When you go to the movie, <laughs> when you go to the movies and they make you sit, do you sit in a seat in your seat? Not if it's half empty. But um, I have been asked to move before. I hate it when you're asked to move when there's like twenty people in the cinema, and then you're just sitting. You've just grabbed a place in the middle, and then someone's like, "Oh, you're sitting in my seat." It's like, like I know you booked this, but really. Is this really happening? Do you really need to do that? Do you need that seat right now? Anyway, that awkwardness is not going to go down next Sunday. We hope to see you there. If you can be in Sydney, we'd love to see you for the very first ever Bang On on Live. We're going to let you know about some of the surprises next week maybe. Special treats. They might come in food form. Ooh. Hold me close, you tiny (laughs) dance. I don't know why I started singing that. I don't know either. It's been a long day, Zan. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> bang, 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 b